Welcome to Cookbook Dissection, where we grab a cookbook and try out a recipe. Sometimes they're delicious, sometimes they're disgusting, and sometimes they're just plain weird. This season we'll be trying out some recent recipes, and some recipes from the 30s and the 70s. My name's Cora and I'm your host here. New episodes are released every Tuesday and Thursday at 5am Central Standard Time. If you have any questions, they can be submitted to cookbookdissection at gmail.com, all lowercase. Also, check us out on Instagram at cookbookdissection. Without further ado, let's get into some recipes. Today's cookbook is all about cookies. But the true draw of this cookbook is the large range of holiday cookies it offers. Frankly, homemade cookies don't excite me unless it's Christmas time. Those cookies you only eat once a year really seem to bring the season close and dear to our hearts. So today, let's try to create the same feeling for fall and Halloween through cookies. Today's cookbook is called The Good Cookie. Tagline, over 250 delicious recipes from simple to sublime. Written by Trish Bale and published in 2002. Today's recipe is called Maple Walnut Leaves and can be found on page 90. Okay, before I even give the ingredients, I want to start out by explaining the difference between cooking and baking. When cooking, exchanging ingredients or experimenting with seasonings, in my opinion, is recommended. It helps you learn how to use the ingredients you already have at home to the fullest and will overall help you become the best cook you can be. However, baking is more of an exact science. You should treat it more like a high school chemistry project that you don't want to blow up in your face. Once your baking skills take off, you'll start to understand the difference between lard and butter and oil but you won't really be an expert until you know the differences between all-purpose flour, bread flour, cake flour, whole wheat flour, self-rising flour. Oh, and don't forget there are also rice flour, almond flour, cornmeal flour, and so, so much more. So do your best not to substitute too much when baking. Getting into our ingredients list, you will need one half cup chopped walnuts, one fourth cup granulated sugar, two and one fourth cups all-purpose flour, one half cup cake flour, which, when I first read it in the cookbook, I almost had a breakdown trying to figure out the difference between cupcake flour and cake flour, but then I realized it's one half cups of cake flour. The writer of the recipe just wrote the ingredients description like a jerk. One half tablespoon salt, one cup or two sticks unsalted butter, one large egg yolk, one fourth cup pure maple syrup, one fourth teaspoon maple flavoring or maple extract, one large egg beaten for egg wash, and terminado sugar for sprinkling, plus one maple leaf cookie cutter. Remember about five minutes ago when I told you not to substitute any of the ingredients? Well, do as I say and not as I do. I could not find maple extract at my local grocery store, so I used pure maple syrup, about one tablespoon's worth. Then, because pure maple syrup is expensive and I'm not made of money, I used Kroger's original pancake syrup, also known as fake maple syrup. I substitute cupcake flour for rice flour. In the final product, it didn't make much of a difference, but I would recommend getting cake flour. I only substituted it because I had rice flour at home that I needed to use up. And lastly, instead of turbinado sugar, I used marina pure cane sugar. The difference between the two sugars are the amount of times the sugar is pressed. However, both sugars are cane sugars, and again, in this case, I already had pure cane sugar at home. All right, to start, I would get all of your ingredients out with your measuring cups and spoons. Grab a mortar and pestle to grind up a half cup of walnuts. This can also be done with a food processor. However, walnuts are an extremely soft nut, 
so you don't need a food processor. In a large mixing bowl, throw in your walnuts, two and one-fourth cups of all-purpose flour, a half cup of cake flour, and a half teaspoon of salt. Whisk dry ingredients together. Next, throw in two softened sticks of butter, one beaten egg yolk, one-fourth cup pure maple syrup, one-fourth teaspoon maple flavoring. Start mixing process with a whisk, then when the mixture becomes too thick for your whisk, finish the mixing process with your hands. If you are lucky enough to own a stand mixer, I would suggest placing all the wet ingredients into one bowl and slowly adding in your dry ingredients a little at a time. When you're done mixing your dough, divide it in half and place it in the fridge for two hours. Just a little note here. Two hours is what the cookbook suggests. However, two hours in my fridge and the dough is too cold to roll out. So, as long as your dough is firm enough to hold its shape, then it is firm enough to roll out. Sprinkle your countertop with flour, using a rolling pin to roll out the dough, and use your maple leaf cookie cutter to cut out the cookies. For some reason, finding a maple leaf shaped cookie cutter in my area was extremely impossible. So my cookies are shaped like pumpkins. Preheat your oven to 350 degrees. Place some baking parchment on your baking sheet. Place the cookies evenly, trying not to let them touch. Before placing them in the oven, take one beaten egg to use as egg wash over the cookies and sprinkle them with turbinado sugar. For extra fun, add some food coloring to the sugar before putting it on the cookies. A little tip, try not to leave any extra sugar on the baking pan because it will burn the edges of your cookie. Then place your cookies in the oven for 10 minutes. When 10 minutes are up, take them out and transfer them to a cooling rack and your cookies are done. Now, if you would prefer not to buy turbinado sugar, place parchment paper under your cooling rack, cut out your cookies, place them in the oven for 10 minutes, then transfer them over to the cooling rack. Take one part water to two or three parts granulated sugar plus a little food coloring and mix it together. A little goes a long way here, so don't make a crazy amount of this stuff. Pour over your cookies until it drips over the sides. I used orange and green because again, my cookies are shaped like pumpkins. Leave your cookies on the counter overnight to dry. This will create a candy-like coating on the top of your cookies that is more controlled than the first method and less messy than frosting. Okay, what would I do differently for next time? Simply not use turbinado sugar. Option B or dusting sugar, maybe even an icing, are all easier methods to decorate the cookie than dipping it in sugar and placing it in the oven. You run the risk of burning the sugar and or having it overflow and spill onto the bottom of your oven. It's a bit messy for a home cook. Secondly, I would change how the recipe is written. Yes, I have already told you about the incident with the cupcake flour, but there are more bad phrasings throughout. Example, in step two, it states, sift together the flours and the salt into a meeting bowl. Looking back at the ingredients, there are two flours listed, so you have to read this recipe really closely or you might not realize you're supposed to add both flours in step two. Plus, the cookbook does not offer any alternatives to using a stand mixer or maple extract. All right, we're gonna taste test some cookies. Um, I think I'm gonna start with the ones that have the turbinado sugar on it, because um, that's how it says to make them. Some of them turned out a little crustier than others. Um, I think it was just the luck of the draw, really. But here we go. So the cookie itself is definitely more nutty than maple-y, but I'm gonna say that that's probably because we didn't have maple extract. It is still a really yummy cookie. The turbinado sugar 
and even the pure sugar cane that I use, they're, they're the same types of sugar, just, you know, they're made a little different. They both have a more natural sugar kind of taste. So the ones with the turbinado sugar on top, I can totally taste that sweet corn type of sugar taste. And I'm not sure that I like it paired with this cookie. It's okay. All right, now I'm going to try the ones with my candy coating on top, and that one's going to be regular uh, sugar, so it really shouldn't affect the way the cookie tastes in and of itself. Yeah, that one's much better. Um, the cookie in and of itself can kind of stand out for what it is. Even if we had, like, the maple in it and stuff, I still think that the turbinado sugar would be too much because then you're going to have maple and a corn flavor. But with the one with the candy coating on top, it's just a very simple cookie, and it tastes very yummy. Overall, in my opinion, the candy coating cookie is uh, softer and easier to bite through, especially around the candy surface, compared to the turbinado sugar where it melted. Um, it's just a little crunchy, but, you know, if that's a thing for you, I think that if you were handing either one to kids, kids wouldn't care it's a cookie, all right? They'd be happy. If you were handing them to adults... I think adults would prefer the one with the candy coating. But yeah, very yummy. I would make these again. I think that... Would I make these again, though? I mean, I'd probably make them again. Especially since it's only once a year. But, like, there was kind of a lot of steps for cookies. I know that Christmas cookies usually have a lot of steps. Like, molasses cookies are supposed to be, like, ridiculous... Uh, when it comes to like rolling them out and stuff and like using molasses like we get it okay but um see I don't know because if you remove the turbinado sugar then it's not that bad I do think that having to buy a second flour to keep in your pantry especially if you do not bake all the time that's kind of annoying um I do bake quite frequently, so it's not really that big of a deal, but it was like a longer thing to do. I think that it would really depend upon, you know, am I making these to bring to a party? Do I have a Halloween party to decorate for? Like, what's going on? Because if I was just going to make these to have around the house again, probably not. <laughs> They're a lot of work to just have around the house, but if you're going to a Halloween party and you're asked to bring something... Or if you're throwing your own Halloween party, then it makes sense. I don't know. You guys decide. You guys should email me at cookbookdissection at gmail.com and let me know if you would have these cookies every single year around Halloween time. Or if you think that I should find an easier recipe for next Halloween. Thanks for listening to Cookbook Dissection. Join us this Thursday for another installment. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to email me at cookbookdissection at gmail.com or instant message me on Instagram at cookbookdissection. On my Instagram page, you can also see images of the food we made here today. See you next time!